Welcome to the podcast by moms for moms presented by the Dayton Mom Collective. <laughs> Hello, Dayton. Uh, my name is Cordy and I have Ashley with us and Pam from the team. And today we're going to talk a little bit about raising Black Daughters in America and what it is to be a young Black woman growing up in America. Uh, just wanted to shed some light on that. And um, Ashley gets to give us the firsthand experience. And then Pam and I both have biracial daughters that we are trying to raise today. Um, so uh, yeah, just going to have an open discussion. And um, if anybody's watching or listening to this, um, add in the comments, share your experience. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, we can just bring a little awareness um, and spread a little love. So. Yeah. Uh, so Ashley, do you want to uh, introduce yourself really quickly? Yes. My name is Ashley. Um, I grew up in the Columbus area, um, now currently reside in Dayton. I am in the process of becoming a mom right now. Um, you might have read one of my stories that I posted about kind of our IVF journey and losing our children. Um, but we're pushing forward and we're really excited even with the hard times of dealing with with this world that we live in and realizing what it is to raise a black child in this world. So getting prepared for that. Um, and I think that a big thing with that is that will be super helpful is obviously both my wife and I have experience as black women in America. So we will be able to relate really big in that respect. And I really think that that's huge for me. Um, with my experience personally, I grew up in the suburbs. So something for me, I have, always been around white people, majority white people. I've always grown up in that environment. Um, so I think that it kind of taught me a lot. One, just how to be in the environment with people. And I obviously got a lot of indirect racism that especially now as I'm growing older and even learning myself, I'm realizing that it was. And even right, though, right. you because know, one of the biggest things that I get all the time is, oh, you talk like a white girl. Right. Or do I, or do I just talk like a person? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, hold the microaggression. Yeah, you know, <laughs> when you're growing up and you're young, you don't realize what it is and what people are saying to you. Right. And when you're older and you're like, oh, you're basically telling me that you didn't expect me to be able to right. speak a black person. You thought I was going to be a lot of, you know, yeah, yeah. this stuff. And it's just, you know, that was a big thing. Um, yeah. I think another one of the big experiences that I had to that was impactful is I grew up in an environment where people were not taught to think that people like me were beautiful. Right. So it was hard for me to in turn date and have crushes and see people because a lot of the boys were not attracted to black girls. Right. So it created a really hard thing to have to overcome. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until you submerge yourself into black culture that you do realize that you are beautiful. People right. do think you're beautiful and that's okay. Right. Yeah. That's something I wouldn't have even thought about, Ashley. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Like, it's just like, and I, like, cause I specifically remember boys in my high school like we had you know very small amount of black people mm -hmm. in our high school and I remember them being like oh I I, I would never date a black girl or I could yeah. never date a black girl because you know like oh my parents would flip or whatever you know we're like rambling we haven't even really started yet but even when um when I told people that I was engaged to Walter, like some friends being like, oh, I could never date one of those. Like he was an alien or something. Like, what do you mean one of those? 
Crazy. <laughs> and then just and two, just imagine being a child and not yeah. knowing and you're not even like, you don't have that self-confidence. Yeah. You don't have that yet. So it takes a toll on you and you have to really wonder, am I not attractive? Is that really what it is? Right. So that's no, you totally. know, a huge thing. No, absolutely. Because I can even give a shout out to my mom for the work that she put in with me. Um, with me growing up in the suburbs, she recognized that I was going to be surrounded by majority white people, but she made sure to still build me up in every sense. And even when I was upset, when things, she was like, forget them. It's fine. Right. You're, fine. You're beautiful. You never, you know, and she just did a really good job at just trying to make sure that I knew no matter what, that no matter what anybody said, everything that I was, was because of me and from my eyes. And it didn't matter what anybody else thought. So huge shout out to her for that. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things. Yeah. Super helpful. It's just that, confidence. Is yeah, that, that confidence. Instilling confidence. And seeing, and again, going back, you know, being younger, extremely curly hair. And even if, you know, now we have great technology to where the, you know, your hair is even straighter. But even when you straightened your hair, it wasn't always the same. And right. it just different. And, you know, you're trying all these hairstyles and trying to do the same hairstyles that you're seeing on all your peers at school but it doesn't look the same. Right. But it was still a sense of, again, my mom, your hair is beautiful. It's doing things that their hair would never do. Right. And, you know, it's tough when it has to go into the comparison part of it, but yeah. it is. It's You have to get to a point where it's, if you're going to be put in a box, you have to be shown that you are above that as well. Yeah. So she just yeah. did a really good job at, for everything that someone would take away from me, she would be like, oh no, that's a superpower. Don't do that. That is a superpower. Stop it. I love that. I love that. Come That's on. why you're so awesome. <laughs> Shout out to your mama. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, Pam. Uh, yeah, we'll come back to that and just the importance of having strong Black females as role models. Um, yeah. Our daughters of color. Well, we'll definitely get into that. But Pam, do you want to tell us yeah. a little bit about you? Yeah. Hi, I'm Pam. Um, I live in the Dayton area and I am currently raising a biracial child. She is six years old. She's in kindergarten this year and she is amazing. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> that parenting in general comes with struggles. I mean, everybody that parents comes, you know, some sort of struggles, but there's an added layer when um, you're raising a, a child of color in America. <laughs> um, and I think thankfully I, I was prepared. My husband is black. So, you know, he gave me some insight. I have a, a very diverse friend group and they gave me a lot of insight as well. Um, and that's also helped me raising her. Um, I just wrote an article that will be on the blog about raising a biracial child in 2023. And one of, one of the key points was, um, making sure that you have like a village full of diversity for your child, because there are going to be things in life that I am not going to be able to help her with that maybe her godmother who's, who happens to be Ashley <laughs> or my husband can relate to her on that. I wouldn't be able to making sure that she has someone, uh, a role model to look after or to speak to on some of these topics that I may not be able to speak to because I haven't experienced them, you know? So I think that was like one of, um, my key points in that article was mm -hmm. really do want to like diversify your village. And I mean, I think 
I think that should go for no matter what kind of child you're raising, but especially if you're raising a child of color in America right now, you know? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, it's not live, but maybe by the time this goes up, it will be live for everybody. Yeah. So we will get it linked. But, um, you know, we, we can see behind the scenes. So yes. yeah, right. <laughs> we'll be able to look at it. But yeah, there's a lot of good points in there. Um, you said one of your things was to have books with people of color. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, one of um, so one of my good friends is um, a librarian. Um, and she actually, um, helped me curate like a list of some good titles that we might want to have. And, you know, we have a lot of the classics, but a lot of the classics do not have, you know, people of color in them. So even children's books. So she helped me find a lot of those and a point she made really early on. I mean, when jazz was an infant, um, was it's great to have literature about slavery and overcoming Jim, overcoming um, Jim Crow and whatnot, but we also need to like have books about just everyday things that people of color go through. Like mm -hmm. the, the protagonist needs to be a black ballerina or a biracial astronaut. Like they need to see themselves. Um, in just regular roles. It doesn't need to always be about overcoming a struggle. It could be just about making friends, yeah. you know, and seeing themselves in a representation like matters. So I really have tried yeah. to build up her library, like, so that we have a, a lot of diversity in it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So because in yes. I've noticed they have, it has exploded with totally. so many cultural books of all kinds. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm here for all of it. No, me too. I absolutely. Yes. And I think you actually got a six full books actually <laughs> from Target. They do. They have a good line of stuff, they like do. all kinds. And not, I mean, like, and women as like the hero and like all kinds. It's or even kind of just even seeing, like you said, just real life stuff, just families, yeah. families of color on the cover of a book and Absolutely. seeing them go through life or, you know, all the kinds of kids, you know, mommy loves you so much, but it says you seeing a black woman loving her child, yes. a black man yes. loving their child. And it's really important because a lot of the issue is exposure that just like you said people don't see it so when they can't see something they can't see it as a real thing right right they start to expose and like you said it's not yeah. just children of color who need to be reading these books it's all yes. they yeah. need to see people of color just like them so that it stops them thinking that it's there there's a difference right right i a thousand percent agree great point yeah and i think especially you know because when they're when they're tiny and like toddlers you know like <laughs> everything is taught I feel like mm -hmm. to not just openly love everybody and yeah. to see those differences um right. I have a post and I'll link it but it's like mm -hmm. through a child's eyes that I wrote a long long time ago I have a 13 year old now um Ooh, but Lord. she and uh <laughs> she and uh her best friend at the time when they were um like three and you know two three years old um Madison was white and then Addie, you know, is black and, but they called each other chocolate and ranch, like, because like chocolate and ranch were like two of their favorite things. And they were just right. like, you're like chocolate. And I'm like, right. Ranch, and, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they kind of like knew that they 
didn't look exactly like each other. Um, but it was so cute that it was such like an innocent way and that it was right. just two of their favorite things, um, you know, just to kind of have yeah. them, like look through a child's eyes. So um, yeah, keeping people exposed mm-hmm. um, again, yeah, not, not just people of color, but everybody should be right. seeing beautiful <laughs> representations yes. of people Absolutely. of color. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know when, because uh, Pam, you had a six-year-old, I got a 13-year-old. Um, Ashley was obviously, you know, a little bit older than that. So. <laughs> but um, I, even, you know, when Addie was like first born and really tiny, like it was still really, really hard mm-hmm. to find books or dolls or anything that was diverse um and i wanted to make sure that she had as diverse of toys all around her so i'm i love seeing that things have come such a long way but i wish that there was more of that when she was little and i'm sure ashley you wish that as well absolutely Absolutely. that's why it's like i see these stories in these books and i'm like these were nowhere to be found nowhere and even just even like a point like you said just even books that were not surrounded by trauma Right. You always need to just see black trauma. You need right. to see victory too. And you need yes. to see success and flourishing and family and love because that is another big part of it is everything that, you know, for the most part, what you learn is all surrounded in trauma and slavery. And you get Martin Luther King Jr. And you get Rosa Parks. It's so right. much bigger than right. that. But when you are in charge of educating the next generation. That's all you're willing to teach them. What else are they going to know about themselves? Right. What else are they going to know about black culture? And what are children, non-children of color going to learn about yes. culture? If you don't Absolutely. teach it, to them, it is our responsibility to do that. And we just have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thousand percent. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yes. A thousand percent. <laughs> um, and let's see, the next thing Pam in your post yeah. was talking about knowing how to do curly hair. <laughs> yes. No, for real. Like, no, it was I'm, a learning I'm curve laughing because it's true. <laughs> yes, it was a definite learning curve for me. And I mean, I, you know, I have tried since day one to educate myself as much as I could. Thankfully, like I said earlier, I have a diverse group of people, friends and family who have helped me along the way. But I think if, especially if you are marrying or having a child with someone (laughs) of another race, you owe it to your child to learn about the history of their culture um, and how to properly care for their hair. Like, it seems like such a small thing, maybe like (laughs) a lot of white think what's the big deal maybe, but it is a big deal. And you do your child a disservice if you don't learn how to do their hair correctly, you know, about as, even as adults, mm-hmm. what our day feels like when our hair doesn't feel done or when we yes. don't feel like that, mm-hmm. it's the same thing for a child. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to feel pretty. Everybody wants to feel beautiful. And yes. you have to learn how to do it. And it's tough. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely tough. And even on that, because, you know, it's whatever texture it is. You might right. get curly texture. Yeah. You might get a bone straight texture that's just texture. Right. And it's whatever it is, you got to figure it out and you have to figure out how to make your child still feel beautiful, even though it's different, or even though your hair may not go super straight like this, it can do this or it does this. And it's still really cool. But again, just they have to feel beautiful when you get that from them. That's a huge thing. 
it goes back to what you said earlier about confidence. Like that instills confidence. And for us, it's like also been like a bonding thing for Jazz and I, like, you know, like learning how to do her hair. And then also like, she's getting a little bit older now. So teaching her like how to take care of it has been like a big, you know, thing for us. And like, you know, I'm learning too. I'm still, I'm still learning. And thankfully I have people around (laughs) me to help, but, um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, to me, it's a priority that, that you know, <laughs> I, I want well, to feel confident. <laughs> yes. When I was, when I was pregnant with Addie, several of my friends that were by Rachel themselves, like as soon as I told them I was pregnant, the first thing they said, like, not even like, congrats. It was like, you better learn how to do their hair. <laughs> they were like like, so traumatized they were like my white mom did not know how to do my hair screwed me up for my whole life i'm like ponytails and or not your curls aren't defined the way that they should be you know and it's that's huge and especially the world we just live in where it's unfortunate but looks matter it's huge that's just what everybody goes off i was like bound and determined not to be the mom that failed her with the hair you know what i mean shout out to the internet too because that makes us like that's a resource that we have that you know a few decades ago did not (laughs) yeah that way too as our moms are getting older and just realizing all the things that they did were not necessarily what needed to be done. Right. We didn't know better. And right. Right. now that we have these resources, just, they just need to utilize them. It's right. right at your fingertips. Yeah. It's, you know, five minutes it will take you to just read up a little bit. You'll know some products to start trying. Mm-hmm. Just try. And yeah. you know, they're at it the first time they do it. You know, that's one of the things people tend to get really discouraged because it's like, right. I can't do this. Just keep trying. Right. You right. Kids, you're not going to give up. I'm right. gonna learn until I figure out how to help you with this. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when Addie was born, like the mom collective didn't even exist. Right. You know, now it's this huge national network of like yes. moms and resources and YouTube wasn't what it was. Like right. you didn't right. have TikTok to scroll through and see. Right. Like, no, there's there's so many options now. Yeah. Like Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I either YouTube or I call Ashley to like braid Jazz's hair. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna bring the supplies to the park. <laughs> Could you help me? You know, and she But let me do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I can pretty much do it. I'm not as good as Ashley, but yeah. <laughs> I know, but enough, yes, to make her yes. feel pretty. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what she learned from that at the end of the day is my yeah. mom did everything she could to make everything that I, she made my hair beautiful. If right. I wanted this style, she learned how to do it. Even if right, she right. Style, exactly. she Absolutely. Gosh, yes. if that's not like a metaphor for like motherhood in general, like we don't really all know what we're doing, but we just learn. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. <laughs> For you, it's so true. Me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so true. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so the next one you had, Pam, was to mm-hmm. have a diverse friend group, which yeah, we've been yeah. talking which, which is super important for us as moms, but then also for our yeah. kids. Totally, because like I think I mentioned it before, but I I want her to see herself reflected in our friends. You know, I want her to, you know, 
we are in a neighborhood that is primarily white. So like it was important for us to have friends that are diverse. And honestly, we moved to Dayton because of that. And she currently, the school she goes to is 70%. Um, I think it was, it was maybe 70 to 75% people of color. And to us, that was really important because the school, if we had stayed in the town we lived in before, it would have been like 2%. <laughs> so we wanted her to go to a school and be surrounded by like the majority of her teachers um, are also people of color. Important for us to that she have teachers um, that look like her, you know, um, I, I want her to see herself reflect reflected back in the world that she's in. And I, I don't know that that's always easy in small town Ohio, you know, um, I'm sure Ashley can speak to that more than me, but um, no. I think you have to find your, what sort I'm looking for, your village maybe, like curate your village so that it is, uh, I, I wanted it to be like a safe place for her, you know, that, that was yeah. the goal. <laughs> It is it's super yeah. important too. And just like you said, again, going back with technology being at your fingertips and Facebook, mm -hmm. there's a group for literally everything on right. Anything that you can search, you could literally search how to get my child culture, how to get yes. my racial child. Yes. There's going to be a group, and that group will be full of people of color who are willing to help you, talk to you, teach you anything because they recognize how important it is for your child too. Yeah. That's a big thing too. is even growing up, you know, I have a lot of friends, obviously white friends. And, you know, well, the, while they'll say, you know, my parents never said anything against people of color. It was never that. But we also never saw people of color. Right. So to them, that's also a thing is if it's not around you, you're not going to know about it or even to formulate the questions. Right. Right. Questions. And then when those questions are asked, you just have to answer them in ways that doesn't shut it down. You have to stop the I don't see color yeah because it's there and okay. everybody sees it and to pretend like it's not is mm -hmm. it's detrimental to people, yeah. children especially because it's there and it's should be celebrated mm -hmm. i love my black skin yes i think it is beautiful mm -hmm. and people i want kids to feel that way about theirs too but if we're not recognizing that how are they going to feel that way if yes. we're not highlighting and saying your skin is beautiful, yes, it's different, but look how beautiful it is. It's brown or this shade of brown or this shade of brown or whatever it is, but highlighting those things too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I kind of touch on that in the, the through the child's eyes um, mm -hmm. post that I referenced from years ago. Um, but that, you know, because when Addie started asking, like, well, how come, like, I don't really look like you, mom? And, like, you know, and, like, how come I, you know, look more like my dads do? And, you know, yeah. it was, you know, it was a lot of confusion. Um, and she was very much into art. And so, you know, I told her, I was like, well, I was like, just like you love art and all your different colors, be creative. I was like, that's the same way. And it's a beautiful work of art to have people that look different and you know like oh. all these different cultures and what things that they wear and the way they talk and you know the languages and everything uh -huh. and um she was like oh okay cool I'm an artist just like god like oh, I, love <laughs> that. I love that but it is you know 
it's important to just meet them at their level and explain it to a way that they can understand it. And there's always going to be a level, no matter how old your child is, if they can speak to you and ask you yes. the questions, there is a level of explanation for them. Yes. And you know, I think um, a lot of people try to like steer away from the conversation of race, but I think it's like, I mean, kids are innocent and they ask and they're going to ask questions. They are going to ask questions. And I think it's like important to have those conversations instead of just like, I mean, a few decades ago, I think our parents or our parents' parents would have just been like, hush, we don't talk yeah. about that. Everybody's the yeah. same, you know? And like, that's it. But like, we don't need to do that. <laughs> we can talk about it. It's yeah. okay. Yes, my skin is white and daddy's skin is black and yours is biracial. I'm, Jazz has been calling herself biracial since she was like two and a half, which is like, it was really cute when she was little. She'd be like, I'm biracial, you know? Yeah. But she understood at a young age what that was. Yeah. And I think it was important. Like, you know, it's part of her identity. You know, we can't just pretend that it doesn't exist. So a big struggle too especially for biracial and this is something that I can't essentially like speak on from super super experience but they even experience a different struggle as me a woman because you're in the middle both of those identities and you're constantly in this fight between which culture am I supposed to accept who am I what am I supposed to be so it is mixing that and just showing you don't have to just be one thing it's not this or that ever we can mix it all together and you can be who you want to be with both of your cultures absolutely and that's a tough thing i think yeah that is a hard fight and i and i empathize with a lot of biracial people in that extent because it's tough it really is tough you have white people telling you that you're not white but then black people telling you that you're not black it's tough yeah yeah, absolutely makes sense. Yeah, Addie, totally. especially the last few years as Addie was going through the preteen and then entering mm-hmm. the teen years, like really going through that struggle yeah. of, you know, what am I? And like, you know, <laughs> even being all like, you know, do I, am I pro-black? Do I hate white people? And I'm like, oh my goodness, like you're a half white kid. Like, right, you're right, gonna, you're right. gonna have to deal right. with it. Yeah, but just um, like trying to wrap our brain around. Yeah, that. and especially with the racial climate that we have right now, it's 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 extremely hard. And even you know, scrolling TikTok, and one of the things that I saw that like kind of hurt my soul was there was like a TikTok mm-hmm. that I kept seeing, and it would be like, oh. If you if your mom is white, you have to stop celebrating Black History Month on February 11th. And I'm just like, no. I don't understand why people are doing this. Right? Detrimental. Don't no, do that. Totally, totally. No matter what, it's that tough yeah. thing because even when you are biracial, the world is going to see you as black. Mm-hmm. And that's just as far as it goes. Right. Well, it doesn't matter. It does right. not matter that you're mixed with anything. The world is going to see you as black. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and that's you know it's a tough thing um, that we've tried to instill in Addie is to be like, hey, it's not fair, but society is going to put a way higher expectation on you. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have to hold yourself to higher standards, to higher level levels, and it's not fair. But it's a fact of life, and trying to prepare her for that, mm-hmm. and trying to help her, you know, again we keep talking about be confident and be successful, and you know, be a good person. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, let's see what did you have oh we were kind of talking about like learn black history we've been (laughs) talking about that a lot um and then i guess we'll kind of 
touching on it and Ashley had talked on it too, but um, understanding systemic racism and how it will affect your child. So yeah. I know Ashley, you, you even touched on that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know just from some of the white people that I grew up with, <laughs> small town, um, that pretend that racism doesn't really exist. And I think if you are going to take on raising a child of color, you cannot bury your head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist because your child is going to grow up and not have your white privilege. Yeah. Like like Jazz is going to grow up and be a person all on her own. And she needs to understand what the world is actually about. And I, if I pretend the world for her is going to be the, what the world has been for me, that's doing her like a huge disservice, you know? So you first have to like educate yourself so that you can then teach your child, you know? And I think that's super important. And I don't know if all, if white people get that. Fully, you know. I mean, yeah. some do, but you know, I think it's an important thing. And I think too, in teaching your child how to navigate in that, and even to the point of saying, you know, how to respond to people when people say things that are inappropriate. Yes. Let them create that and be able to confidently say, "That's not. I don't like that you asked me that question. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's any of your business." You know, things like that. Yeah. It's going to be out there and. One of the things that happens is they get scared. Yeah. Instantly get scared, but equipping them with the tools to be able to, mm -hmm. you know, obviously respectfully fight back. You're not going to. I am as my parents have taught me. They've taught me right from wrong. And when I know that the questions you're asking me, the things that you're saying to me are not okay. Right. Right. So it's just like, and then teaching them like the word. Yeah. This is what you can say. If somebody says this about your hair, you can say this. If somebody yeah. says this about your skin, these are some things that you can say. If somebody has something to say about your mom being white or your dad being black or anything of that respect, mm -hmm. these are things that you can say in those moments to help being just yes. prepared because it will make you shrink down and that will again take you into that space system, you know, just feeling I am less than this person has the ability to make me put me down in this box. Right, right. Amen. No, totally. Like it's our job to like equip our children for what they're going to face in the world. You know? No math. You're going to teach them math. You're going to teach them. Yes. You're going to make sure they know all of those things. Yes. Them how to be confident and how to fight against the people who are going to be negative to them. Cause they yeah. are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's I, tough. I, I don't know how jazz is or actually how you were growing up, but Addie has always been a very sensitive kid. She's always wanted everybody to be her friend. And yeah. you know, that led to a lot of, bullying and unfortunately uh -huh. from like both races um yeah, when definitely. she was was younger um so I, I think she's really started to flourish this year yeah. in, yeah. in seventh grade and like mm -hmm. trying to get some more of that that confidence I mean it's still going to be a middle long school is so hard like, struggle still a really tough time in life regardless <laughs> oh my gosh right. yes <laughs> but yeah you know, yeah. but trying to let her know, like, early on, like, not everybody is nice. Like, not everybody's yeah. going to be a good friend to you. Like, you don't have to just, you don't have to just take whatever if people aren't right. treating you right, no matter how it is that they're mistreating you. Like, Jazz is still young enough, you know, she's six. So we haven't had 
to enter a huge amount of that. But this is the first year that we've had to have a few conversations about not everybody being nice and not everybody has to like you. <laughs> um, they, but they do have to respect you. <laughs> um, and I, I'm sure we'll encounter more of that as she gets older. You know, once they're school age, it's like off and running. And it's a, it's a little nerve wracking <laughs> as a mom because like I can't control, you know, up until this point, I've been able to pretty much control who she comes in contact with yep. and who says right. what to my child <laughs> because she's, you know, been with me. But now that yep. she's in school, it's like I have to equip her to be able to handle herself. And it's, did, did I do enough? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things is you have to teach them or something else or someone, yes. somebody else is. And whether that's someone who's educated and is who is teaching them the right things, quote unquote, but, or someone who's just saying things, but that's what they get. And that's their only knowledge of it. So that is right. what they take in. So whether that be a friend telling them that they are less than, mm -hmm. they yeah. believe that because that's all they know. And nobody else is having any other conversations with them. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if I do one yeah. thing, it's probably just talk my child's ears off. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm giving you all the information on a level, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think too, another really big thing, just like you, you know, talking about systemic racism is one of the things, especially with both of your daughters being biracial is the, the, topic of colorism and how big that that is and making sure that they even recognize their privilege in those moments because that is a space where they're going to have privilege yeah. and I had to you know even growing up for me being a lighter skinned person I had to recognize that privilege and that people who were darker than me did not get treated the same way that I did because I was lighter right. and that's a huge thing too when you're dealing with it and raising black just is recognizing that hey yeah. Yes, you have a lighter skin tone, but that doesn't, you don't let other people treat other people differently just because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Super important. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then kind of tying into what we've just been talking about, and then also going back to Ashley, you're talking about how your mom really was instilling in you yeah. and being that strong black female role model, um, knowing that you know, Pam and I know we have limitations as white moms, like as much as we can educate ourselves and like be in it with our families of color, like there's still like, we're still not going to understand, um, or know everything. Um, so surrounding, um, our daughters and our kids of color with those people of color that are role models for them. Um, so, you know, whether it's, my mother-in-law or one of Addie's best friends, like her mom and her grandma are just, very like smart, intelligent, wise, like mm -hmm. black women that know their history, like they know how to empower, you know, their daughters, granddaughters, and then helping build into Addie in the same way. Like I've just always tried to find what are, what are strong black women that I can have her look up to and learn from. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and people don't think like how important representation is. It's, mm -hmm. it's extremely important to be able to see. And again, going back, I had my mom, you know what I mean? And yeah. she, I think it was really big for her because my mom is biracial. So she grew up in a sense of having that world. But the lucky part that she had was that she was also in the military and a military family. And back when she was growing up, when you were biracial, they sent all the biracial families to specific bases. So okay. she was still able to be surrounded by a lot of diversity, even though she's from a 
small town in Kansas where you right. would think that it wouldn't be, but right. that was the positive that she had in that respect. And she still faced a lot of racism, but she also knew that it was possible that it didn't have to be like that. Yeah. But she made sure that I knew how to speak out against it. And when mm -hmm. people would say things, I could say, no, mm -hmm. absolutely not. Right. Right. Absolutely. She prepared you for it, you know? which I think that that's our goal, like, you know, in life to prepare our children um, and where I may not be able to, I'm hopeful that our friends and family can, you know, pick up some of those gaps for me. And it really does take a village and that's what people have to, just raising a child in general, it yeah. really takes a village. We don't know, we don't know everything and we yeah. haven't experienced everything. So you just lean on the people that you have and just really, you know, create that village of, you know, powerful people of everything. And that even, you know, translates into we have to expose our kids to all of different just so that it's not such a shock. And the only reason it's like that is because it shocks people. But mm -hmm. if they're in environments where they're seeing people who are not neurotypical or they're seeing people in the LGBTQ community or they're see like that is all stuff yeah. that will not feel so bad if they're just exposed to it on a normal yeah. basis. Yes, because it's, it's the norm to them, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that's, that's a huge Ethan. Um, something I'm really grateful for is there's, there's all sorts of diversity that's going on in my extended family but like yeah. you know, um, my dad's gay my mom's a lesbian like they were together for 20 years like had four of us adopted one and then you know but they yeah. it, they both knew that they were attracted to the same sex um, but the times then it was right. not accepted and they were best friends and they really did love each other um right. but you know when they finally like they split up and then they came out and you know they're really happy now but it's fun um to do like even like pride days and like we've been taking yeah. Addie to that since she was little like you know we're like we don't care like yeah. you know we're like you could end up like your grandma you could be straight like who cares but we want you to like see and embrace the love yeah. and it's so fun to just take her to those experiences or mm -hmm. even just volunteering you know and letting her see people that aren't as fortunate you know as yeah. she might be um but again just that that whole broad spectrum yes. of diversity is important for everybody yeah, yeah. i agree i totally agree <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm sure we could talk all night, but are there any final thoughts that you ladies will we'll definitely, we could just make this a series and do this again. Right? <laughs> we keep talking and talking. <laughs> no, I think we've covered it pretty well. I mean, I just think yeah. the most important thing is also just teaching, especially, you know, as for you as white women raising black children, just teaching your kids you'll go to bat for them. You will always go to bat for them. There's nothing that you won't go to bat for. Yeah. Like, I have your back 100% every time come to me Absolutely. and I will and I'll, you know, so it's, and I think that is just a really important thing that they know. Like, no, I don't care who you are. No one's going to mess with me because my mom's going to come. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think for me, like through this whole process has been um, educating myself first, mm -hmm. you know, so that, I mean, cause there, there's a lot of things we didn't learn as like white kids. You don't really learn, I mean, you don't really learn anything. Like, no, we, well, I didn't learn hardly yeah. anything. Okay. 
about black history, you know, right. like truly. And, and that's just the tip of the iceberg that we didn't learn, but educating myself so that I can then educate her correctly, you yeah. know, and that to me has been my like life's mission. Yeah. Let me learn so I can teach you. And, and she's going to remember that. And that's yeah. going to, and as she gets older and she really realizes how hard you went in the lessons that you stepped back to learn, it's going to mean right. so incredibly much. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and like not relying on, you know, schools or churches or whatever we attend, like not right. relying on them to teach our children. Yes. Uh, one thing I love that my parents did when we were growing up is, you know, they would pick like a different culture or religion that had nothing to do with, you know, what we were raised in, mm-hmm. but spending like a whole day um, where we would go through and like read the history of it. My mom would make recipes from it. You know, we'd like learn and, and really, you know, just, you know, pay a lot of honor to that other culture. Um, So, you know, I think exposing like you to so much diversity at a young age. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, the holidays, making sure that the holidays that you're celebrating are highlighting cultural holidays, black cultural holidays, or even, you know, you have all these birthdays where we see, you know, different people's birthdays on the calendar. What about these other influential black people that should right. be celebrated and their birthday should be on the count or on the calendar, right. even if it's not on the world yeah. calendar at home, we know today is this person's birthday. Today is yeah. this person's birthday. Today is the day that this happened in black yeah. culture, making a big thing about it, even if it's not what they're learning at school. Totally. Absolutely. That's awesome. We, we should create more resources. Yes. Right. <laughs> Actually, if you're, you know, looking for something to write about. Right. <laughs> be an amazing right. resource. Got your next I was like, first, birthday, yeah, birthdays don't change. <laughs> that's no, really. Right. That's, that's a good one. I'm going to have to get working on that one. Yes, <laughs> yes, you absolutely one. should. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Yes, yes, get on that. <laughs> well, thank you, ladies, for your time. Thank you for having me. Thank so much for yeah. I know. (laughs) Love, love getting to spend time with Pam and Ashley finally. Um, So, yay, you ladies are wonderful. So, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Bye. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us and tune in for our next episode.